You're listening to the Word Slinger Podcast, episode 148, Paranormal Inspiration with Heather Hildenbrand. This episode of the Word Slinger Podcast is brought to you by draft to digital Convert your manuscript, distribute it online, and get support the whole way at DraftToDigital.com. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the word slinger. Word slinger. Hey, this is Kevin Tomlinson, the word slinger, coming to you from my uh, my brand new uh, production space. Um, you know all about the move. You know all about uh, setting up the new office space and everything. I have, uh, over the past week, been doing some rearranging, retooling. Um, some of this was at my wife's suggestion. Kara actually suggested, uh, well, Kara built, like, the cool, like, well-designed office space uh, with one of those, like, uh, electronic... <laughs> I sound like a Luddite. Uh, with one of those motorized uh, desks, the, the sit-stand desk, and it's on a uh, little motorized pedestal. So she can hit a little button and raise it up and lower it down and... Uh, very cool. I have my little standing desk that is made from like pallet wood and barn wood um, and plumbing fixtures. And I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, but hers is neat and she has it all arranged uh, a little differently than I was doing. And uh, at looking at it, I realized she had a lot more space because of it. So she suggested moving all my stuff that way. And it's opened up a whole new realm of opportunities, <laughs> including um, the return of the swing arm, <laughs> which I know probably means nothing to you, but um, I just find it cool. I've got as, when I when we had our home, our house rather, um, I had a uh, a very expensive studio that I had built, and in that space I had um, set up a sound booth. Uh, and uh, I had my swing arm with my mic on it, and I had my mixer, and I had you know had a nice. Had a very cool little setup, um, and uh, you know when we decided to move into the RV, um, all that changed. But uh, we're back. <laughs> we're uh, we are uh, we're back in the game. Uh, we're in a stable space now. Not that I wasn't for the past year. I just didn't. Uh, I didn't think about the space the same way I am in this space. That's what it is. And then it, the whole point of this, by the way. Um, is that we sometimes forget about the space we're in. We, we get locked into it as if it can't change, uh, as if we are just sort of stuck with everything. And it's kind of surprising how things can change. Your entire perspective can change just by moving a few things around, reconsidering a few things. Um, you know, I, I just I put a few things in, into use here, and I'm, I'm going to continue to do this. Now that I've started this, it's opened the floodgates. Uh, but I have a TV mounted on the wall that's going to have my you know, information about the guests and the news stories and, um, all kinds of stuff, really. <laughs> so, uh, just, just cool. This cool. Little things like that make me very happy. Um, now <clears throat> I am, uh, this week I'm, I'm talking to Heather Hildenbrand and I had the pleasure of meeting her at Indie Book Fest. Uh, I think in the YouTube version of this episode, I said Nink. I don't think I, I don't think I actually spend any time with her at Nink. She wasn't at Nink last year, I believe. Um, but I was at Indie Book Fest and uh she and her husband were there. That was a that was that was fun. She's a she's a fun personality. She's 
<laughs> she's quirky. Um, I love her. She's now she's a best-selling paranormal romance author, um, and she's hybrid, which is always interesting to me. Um, you know, I and I have said this before that if the right deal came came along, the right contract came along, uh, I would definitely consider taking on a more traditional uh, publishing deal. Um, I had one years ago. I just was green, and <clears throat> I didn't realize, you know. Uh, there were things I didn't know, and now I'm, uh, you know, much more. Uh, I'm a little wiser about the industry. I'm uh, much more savvy. I um, I have a lot more going for me. I have a bigger platform. I got a lot going for me. Um, it would be an interesting transition. <laughs> well, I'd just say that. Um, but in, and actually, I have talked to an agency uh, that did show some interest in my work. So who knows? Who knows? <clears throat> But uh, it's pretty cool. And it's cool to talk to her about this and get her take on her experience here. So uh, so we're going we're gonna to move on into that. Now, I want you to stick around after the interview because I've got some industry news. Um, and there's some pretty interesting – there's three big items, really. Uh, one of which is uh, I don't know what it's going to mean. I don't know where this is going – where it's going to take the industry. But it's, uh, it's very cool. Uh, it's cool that it's happened. Uh, it's interesting that they started in this place. Uh, if that's not cryptic enough for you, um, we'll just just come back. Come back after the interview. We'll uh, we'll discuss. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's going to be it. I'm gonna let's roll right into this interview with Heather, and I uh, hope you enjoy this. I got a lot out of this. I know you will too. So stick around afterward for the uh, news items, and I'll see you on the other side. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in and uh, for sticking through the intro. I'm, I'm sure that was uh, informational, informative. Uh, I'm talking with uh, someone I, I really appreciated meeting at, at uh, one of the conferences uh, you heard me go on and on about. I'm talking to Heather Hildenbrand. She's a best-selling paranormal romance author. Uh, and she's, uh, she's, she's kind of, she's got one of those quirky, fun personalities. She'll put you on the spot if you let her. Uh, she, she already, she manhandled uh, Dan Wood. Uh, from, from what I understand. So welcome to the show, Heather. I'm glad to have you on. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, apparently all the rumors your listeners have heard about me are true, I guess. Yes. We're here to confirm. <laughs> yeah. I want you to finally confirm all the rumors you heard about Heather are absolutely true. Right. So, uh, we, you and I had a chance to, we didn't get to hang out much. We didn't get to talk much at uh, Indie Book Fest uh, in, in Orlando. That was Orlando, right? I don't know. That, that was Orlando. I know it's probably a blur for you, but it, it is. It was Orlando. Yeah. 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 It's all meshing together. It's all yeah. kind of lumping into one big conference for me now. So. Yeah, I think um, the only people that travel to more author conferences than authors are like you guys. It's yeah. insane. And specifically us, not yeah, like specifically you guys. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you were at Twenty Books with, uh, and I didn't get to go to Twenty Books because I, I decided to stay married instead. Um, but well, that's you, probably you a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, depending on who you ask. <laughs> you ask the right people. Right. So, uh, but you were there with uh, you. You got to hang out with Dan while you were yeah, there. Yeah, we got to hang out with Dan some more, and um, and I got him into. There's a conference I'm attending next year uh, that a friend of mine runs, uh, PendCon in St. Louis, that I've heard really good things about, and. Dan and I were talking about that, so I got him into that, I think, for next year or two. So that's cool. So very good. I'll be hanging out with you guys throughout the year. It's cool. Fantastic. Yeah. We couldn't we could not ask for a better scenario. Honestly. Yeah. So um now you're okay. 
you write in a, a genre that I, I hear about all the time. Uh, it's a popular genre, <laughs> yeah. the paranormal romance genre. So you, you, what got you started in paranormal romance? Uh, well, it's probably the same thing that got, you know, the other million and a half paranormal romance authors started. And, uh, they read Twilight was, and thought it was I Twilight. Could be it was Twilight. <laughs> Personally, it was Twilight, but mostly just from like an industry, um, uh, outlook on that. It, it got everybody, it got the, the world reading again, really, or like people my age reading again, and that really weren't. So it really flooded a market of readers, which I think ended up just sort of being a supply and demand thing, which was cool. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And obviously you're, you're doing well with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got lucky when I started. I started at a really good time to be publishing Paranormal Romance and um, when Twilight was still just huge. And so people were hungry for that. And I was able to develop a really solid readership. Yeah. from just starting out with that. And so they've, you know, followed me, even though paranormal romance is kind of dead. If you ask traditional publishing, you know, they don't, they won't touch it, but you know, I've got like a core group, I think from that time. And so it's really cool. I can still write. Every, everything is dead according to. I know. Well, they don't know the trends until it hits them in the head with them. So. Right. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know. There is a tendency. I, I, I think, there has been some moving on, I think, in, in a sense, but there's still that large audience out there who uh, I would go un, sort of ignored, I think, <laughs> if not for the indies, right? Well, exactly. And that's kind of the cool thing about being an indie is, right, there still is a, a big enough audience for us that we can still make a living at it. it. Maybe it's not quite as much as what, you know, the traditional guys want to look at, um, but it's plenty for us. So it's great for yeah. me that I can just choose that and, and write it anyway. So Yeah. Yeah. And, but you enjoy it, right? I mean, this is, oh, I love is this it. a genre you read prior to Twilight? No, actually prior to Twilight. And that's why I said, I think that changed it for me too. It changed it for a lot of readers because prior to Twilight, well, I had kids. So when I had kids, I stopped reading. But before that, uh, when I had time in a life, um, <laughs> I read a, a ton of like Nora Roberts, Danielle Steele, um, right. so like, like um, contemporary romance. I read, I read, I went through like a psychological thriller phase. I, I, I just, I read a ton of stuff, but they were a lot more like adult books. They weren't so heavy uh, on the paranormal side and they were a lot of uh, murder mystery, like just all kinds of stuff. I would get into a certain author and I would just want to read everything they had. Um, and then Twilight just, that was like one of the only genres I hadn't read. And so it kind of opened up and then I read like I read from there. I read Cassandra Clare, like, and now she has her Mortal Instruments, the Shadowhunters TV show. So all the stuff that's now like huge in pop culture. I read all that stuff like when it first came out before anybody knew about it. So yeah, that, that helped because now I kind of like I was that audience. I am my audience. It's perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, and that's good. I mean, I did the genre I write in now. I read. Uh, frequently, I can't say that it was like my biggest, that wasn't the biggest draw for me. I was always sci-fi and that sort of thing, but uh, now I can't get enough of them. So I think yeah. having the personal connection to it, you know, cements it, makes you want to get in there and, and, and read everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Is that I mean, what you're finding? For, for all of us, I think there's going to be a genre that like inspires us more than other genres, you know, because there's books I can pick up on my shelf and read one page of it and it makes me want to write. I just want to go write. I'm inspired. Some of them I just read and it's just, it's reading, it's entertainment, but some of them it does that for me and inspires me to write a story. So yeah. that's kind of where I think we have to go with. 
Now, do you write anything outside of uh, paranormal romance? Oh, yeah, which is probably indicative of the kind of reader I just told you I am. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like a little bit of everything. Um, right. So all of my stuff has an element of romance in it because I just love that. I love the love story. Um, but most of them also, like I did some um, romantic, like shifter suspense, like adult shifter romance, and it was like had like a – a bad guy or a murder element to it or something. They're on the run from somebody. So I've done that. Um, and then I have a traditional series published with a publisher. Um, and that one is, mm, it's got a suspense element to it. It's about clones. So it's got a little bit of sci-fi to it. All right. um, so yeah, I like writing all kinds of different and, and actually for next year, I'm starting to kind of define what new projects I want to work on and they're probably not going to be paranormal. I think I'm going to do another, like maybe like a dystopian kind of thing for yeah. that I'll submit to publishers. Um, and then some other stuff that I'm thinking about. So I'm excited to try other stuff. Yeah. So, okay. On the traditional side, you, uh, you have an agent, I assume. I do. Yeah. When I got my traditional deal, so the publisher came to me, they found yeah. my book after I self published it and they came to me and wanted to buy it. And so I did that deal and then I got an agent. No. So I did it totally backwards. You're mistaken, Heather. That's imp I've been told that's impossible. I've been Isn't told it by though? people. And that's why it's such a beautiful story. Oh. <laughs> Don't ask me how I did it. I, I didn't, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's, yeah. that's that. That makes you one of those infuriating authors who succeed and have no no way to tell anybody. I know. Oh, I know. It pisses me <laughs> off, and I'm like, "What did you do that was so successful?" And an author's like, "I don't know. It just accidentally happened." And I'm like, "I hate you." <laughs> I I wrote a good book. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> what yeah. A, you have I found know. the fastest way to get me to punch you in the face. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, what was that process like? I mean, that's a, I mean, you're indie published, you're handling everything yourself, uh, and that's scheduling and everything. Uh, what, what was it like to shift gears, uh, and get that traditional contract? Um, so my, so you're going to, so if I tell you the story, you're just going to hate me more. You're not going to make me punch you in the face. It, you're going to want to actually. <laughs> Because I had the best, you know, because I've heard enough other authors talk about having any kind of experience similar to mine, and it, you know, maybe wasn't good for them, but everything right. about my experience has been amazing. Um, so it's sort of a hybrid kind of deal. So my publisher is um, Alloy Publishing, which is Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers basically is my publisher. Um, okay. My book was the first one they acquired in this, it's called Powered by Amazon, is like the label. And they have a partnership with Amazon. So Alloy and Amazon have a contract together saying, Amazon says like, we want these things. It needs to be Amazon only. It needs to be digital first and maybe only. And we control the price and we control the promotions kind of thing, I think. I mean, this is what I've gathered since going down the rabbit hole. Right. And then Alloy is like, okay, and we'll find these awesome books and like produce them. And then you guys just like do that, the rest of that. It's kind of how it works. And so my, my contract though is just with Alloy. So that's who I dealt with, um, which was really cool because that's my audience. They, you know, they own the CW. Like my editor is, was the same editor who worked on Pretty Little Liars, which was oh, like wow. exactly my audience. So it was yeah, so yeah. cool uh, to kind of fit that exactly. So, so they came across my book. It was self-published. It was doing pretty well at the time. And, um, and they, I guess one of the editors read it and loved it and they approached me and they were like, we want to talk to you about buying the rights for this. 
So we did all that. We went through talks and um, basically their whole idea behind it, because they've done it for a bunch of people now. And their whole idea behind this label is they'll do this so that the ebook does really well because Amazon yeah. basically like under Amazon's kind of wing. And so they're great and it sells. Um, but, but Alloy really wanted it because they really want to develop these projects for media for like film or TV. Right. So that was their whole, like, that's what they're looking for are books that already translate well into, can we sell a script, you know? Right. Um, which was, Again, super cool. See, this whole story is just yeah, so yeah, fun, yeah. right? Huh, um, no, no, that's okay. And I didn't do anything. Click, click your ruby slippers together and uh, <laughs> take us on home. Seriously. <laughs> uh, so they did that. And so within like the first year of book one coming out, it was optioned for television. Mm -hmm. um, NBC um, optioned it for a year and then they didn't do anything with it and the option expired. So we are... Um, reshopping it right now it's with alloy it's like in their production place i don't really know how all that works it sounds like very mysterious and exciting yeah. you know what i mean they don't really tell I me all that's lot. intentional <laughs> yeah, exactly it's kind of magic so they're writing a script and they're like shopping it and i don't really know anything until something else happens um but but that's but so because it's with amazon it's not in like major bookstores because new amazon doesn't like to share so like right they won't put paperbacks and Barnes and Noble and stuff like that. So it's been kind of cool and just kind of a weird, different sort of traditional thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, well, that's, 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 it's interesting because I, you know, I, well, a lot of authors, I think this is kind of the, the direction of the industry really is a sort of hybrid model where, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people go out and they, they sort of prove themselves the, the, the indie publishing world becomes the proving ground and they, they go out and they build a career and they build, they build a platform and, you know, they learn how to market their work. And then, uh, someone comes along and, and reaps all those benefits. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, they're offering you something in return, right? I mean, they're taking care of this, the parts that you don't understand or don't know about the, uh, film. Or that I don't have access to, you know, right. like they can't market like Amazon clearly, right. you know, and yeah. so that's awesome. So yeah, yeah, that's been great. And yeah, right. you know, but it was happening in a time. I will say, in my defense, I'm not the only you, one you that I know that that happened to. There yeah, was a time for a very short period of time that I had a lot of friends who got kind of scooped up that way from publishers, right? And sort of discovered, and like the Amazon Top 100 was the slush pile, kind of. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it well, it, ha it does happen. Okay. <laughs> Look, it's not, you don't have to defend yourself. That's, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> to all the haters that are going to listen and be like, no, look, haters back off because you're, what you did was you built a career you wanted. I remember when Amanda Hawking got her like $2 million in book sales mm -hmm. on Amazon and then went traditional. And the very first thing you heard from everybody was so predictable. It was all, she's sold out. She sold out on, on what got her here. I know. She didn't sell out. She always wanted to be traditionally published. So right. why well, wouldn't and, you? And being traditional isn't the enemy. And you know, yeah, I I hated on her haters for her. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah, that made me mad. I I think that the best business model for authors is to be hybrid. Is to be both. So. I agree. Yeah. If uh, honestly, that's what. And you know me. I'm the I'm the voice of indie publishing, and I still. Uh, am out, you know, trying to, to scare up a traditional contract. But the great, the great thing is that I'll be able to ask for my own terms. I'll be able to control that. Um, right. 
So. Yeah, and that's the best thing, actually. Yeah. You're, you're so right about that. Because when I was doing my contract, by then I had been in this long enough to know what to ask for. So they had first right of refusal on my other books in that series, but there was no clause that said that I could, like a lot of my friends who did contracts during that time who got discovered or whatever, they would have clauses in their contracts that they couldn't self publish anything in that same genre for a certain period of time yeah. or at all for a certain period. Yeah. Of time. It was crazy. The stuff that was in there. And so I knew to say, okay, we're not doing this. We're not doing it. And, and, you know, I mean, they were great. They were like, sure, yeah. no problem. And they worked with all of it. So. All, all that stuff is a hard no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know my, I use, I had a traditional contract uh, when I first started and um, it was a horrible contract. I'll, I'll I'd never repeat that experience, but um, I agree with you. I think that this, I really do think that this hybrid model is the way to go. So it's good. To, it's good that you're kind of a model. You're a role model, Heather, for the whole thing. I would love that. I would love to be paving the way because yeah, because I think more people should get deals like this. I think more opportunities should be. Except you out. don't know how you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it should be this easy for everyone. <laughs> it really should. I think, uh, well, let's, let's talk a little because, because uh, I know how you got it and you know how you got it, honestly, is you went out and you built a platform. You, you actually built up your audience and you marketed your work. So yeah. we can talk about that. Like, what did you do to market this work? Especially yeah. since there are so many paranormal romance authors out there. So what did you do to differentiate yourself and market yourself? Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, when I started, it was 2011, like right. 2011, 2012, and the self-publishing, the indie world worked a lot differently then. It was easier to get noticed. Um, there, there just weren't as many books published yet. So part of it is that. And I hear a lot of authors saying, like, oh, it was so much easier then. But the core of it is still the same. Um, the core of it is really like the community, the networking off of each other, the cross promoting, getting other authors to, in my genre to share for me mm -hmm. and vice versa. That's, that was really one of the biggest things. I mean, we did everything to help each other back then. We were, you know, and I knew everybody in my little self-published community that published paranormal romance because it was just smaller. So that part was easier. And so you got to go looking more, more these days because there's just more of us. Mm -hmm. But developing those relationships and getting them to share, especially when I started, because I didn't have any advertising money. I didn't have a marketing budget. So it was definitely like, I think in this business you trade, you're either going to spend time or you're going to spend money. <laughs> the more money yeah. you spend, the more time you save and vice versa. So I didn't have money, so I just had to invest a lot of time. And I was online all the time, meeting other authors in my genre, commenting on blog posts, getting other people to see my name, commenting on reader posts on Facebook so they would see me. And it, so it was a lot of organic growth like that, which kind of is a long build. But then once it builds momentum, I always say it's like a snowball, and then it moves on its own. And that's really all I did. And write, and like you said, the thing that you don't, that everybody hates for me to say, write a great story, have a great cover. <laughs> right. um, you know, but that's because when I first started, my first covers were awful, like so right. bad, just right. the worst. And I learned very quickly. Um, you don't, what I kind of, my business model, what I always would say to myself in the beginning, when I, I didn't know very much about what I was doing, but I knew when I put my book next to a traditionally published book, I don't want the reader to be able to tell the difference. Right. And if I did that, I did a good job. And I, I have talked to literally thousands of authors and I think the successful ones always have that in mind. Like they're, the idea is to make your book indistinguishable from uh, a traditionally published book. I, th I think that's, that's smart. 
And, and there is a component of you, you do have to write a, a good book. I mean, I, as much as we may hate that as an answer, there's truth to it. <laughs> we we, we want to make sure that when, you know, we put that book out there that, and someone does happen to pick it up that they, that they'll rave about it. Right. Right. Exactly. Word of mouth. Absolutely. That's the yeah. best sales tool. And you think that's not going to be effective because if one person only tells one other person, but I mean, it is the most effective way, really, yeah. truly, because you're not having to spend money to do it. You're not having to even spend time. You're getting other people to do your work for you. That should well, be the that's goal. right. Yeah. yeah, that's the part. That's the the second half of, of your formula there, because, you know, I and I tell people this, too, that it's going to take money or it's going to take time. time. Time and money are almost interchangeable. It's kind of an uneven exchange. But uh, if you've got the time, uh, you can you don't have to have much of a budget. But ultimately eventually the idea is you've built this system so that you don't have to put as much time in to get a bigger result so is that do you feel like you're kind of at that point yeah i mean that's really been the biggest change with nowadays i do like a lot more paid advertising i do facebook ads and stuff and the trade-off is that means that i'm not having to spend you know, five hours a day online, like interacting with people. And so I get my time back. The more money I spend, the more time I get back. So, oh. you know, but I still love interacting with readers, but now it's like, it's on my terms. You know, I can answer right. the emails when I can get to them and it's not like sucking time away from my writing or something. So that's really cool. So what is your, uh, what's your whole writing regimen look like? What do you do? You're taking, taking a little break right now. but I'm uh, taking a break. I have no schedule right now. Um, but I feel like I kind of earned it because I did a book a month for most of the year. Yeah. So, um, so that was, and that was, I was, I didn't burn out. And that's important to know because that was, sounds like a hefty schedule. Um, but I, as I upped my advertising dollars, like I said, I can spend less time doing like the organic time suck stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so my marketing went down to like one or two hours a day. When I was in writing mode, it would be like one hour a day. It would be like, check my ads, tweak my ads, check my email, put out fires there and that's it. And then, um, I just write one chapter a day. I don't have a word count. I work better in complete scenes. Mm -hmm. And once I figured that out, my writing became a lot easier. And so I just write a, a chapter a day. And once that chapter is done, if I need to keep going to meet a deadline or something like that, it's cool. I can keep going. I can do two. Um, and that doesn't feel difficult either. It's not really pushing too hard. Um, and that's it. And it sounds, it's easy as it sounds. It feels like an easy schedule and I'm, and I write full time. So yeah. I say easy schedule, but like if you have a day job, it might not be, but, but you can still do one chapter a day. You know, I think most people can do that. So I agree with that. That yeah. works. Yeah. But even if you're not, even if you're not able to do one chapter a day, um, you know, just it, you put in some minimum word count every single day and you do make mm -hmm. progress. So you may not turn out a, a book a month, um, but you could at least get a book, you know, every three months out of there. Exactly. Cause one chapter a day was a book a month. So even if you're doing yeah. a half a chapter a day, that's still a really brisk schedule. You know, it's totally yeah. doable. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do you, um, uh, what, do you have a, do you write in Scrivener or something like that? Or you, how, how do you, Oh my God, no, I am so like, I get lost when it gets too fancy, which is so funny because I'm in this generation where we're like, I don't know. I keep seeing, hearing people say I'm like on the, an age where I'm like on the border of like, I act like a grandparent, a grandma or something about technology, <laughs> or I'd be really tech savvy. Yeah. I am a grandma about technology. Well, actually, I know grandma's better than me. Uh, it has to be really simple. 
Um, so I write, I do everything in Word. If it gets too complicated, I, I get lost and I get overwhelmed and I just won't use it. Um, so I've tried using all that stuff and I don't, I just don't get into it um, at all. I don't know. It's got to be simple for me. No, I hear you. No, I, I wrote in Word. I, uh, my first three books were written in Word, so I get it. I, uh, I yeah. just, and I used to just format straight from Word even, um, but yeah, you know, that just turns out so wonky so much of the time. Yeah. So I recently, like, like probably about a year ago, I got Judo and I learned mm -hmm. how to do that. And it's super easy, super simple. If I can learn it, it's simple. And so now I can format in like 10 minutes. Uh, look, I, I just upload to draft to digital and let it happen automatically. I, don't do I know. Well, I'm talking about Amazon. <laughs> I'm talking about Amazon. Actually, for you guys, I do still upload a Word file. Yes, and it's beautiful. Oh, but Amazon. Amazon. Always. Wait, and supporting? now you're on Amazon. I know. Well, no, I mean, I'm saying we always supported Amazon uh, as far as the Mobi files. We always did that. You guys always spit out Mobi files? Always, always from day one. Always that forget a, that. We I actually. That's the format we started in. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, That's okay. And I call myself a draft to digital no, super fan. You are. You are. Yeah, nobody I knows am. anyway. That means I'm doing a terrible job as a marketer. That's all that means. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, um, okay, so I know of at least three conferences now that you're, you have attended in our presence. So um, you are uh, – clearly active you're clearly going to a lot of these conferences what what's your strategy there oh i don't have a strategy i just like to hang out with my friends i hear you that's, <laughs> that's us too that's us too we just show I mean, up you know you're never gonna make your money at these conferences it's not about like i don't know it's not about a strategy i feel like it's really about the networking my only strategy this last year was i tried to go to all the ones that are like We've lived in Florida for a year and a half temporarily, and we're moving back to Virginia next month. So while we've been in Florida, I'm like, okay, what can we do that's right here? So I've mm -hmm. gone to all the Florida conferences, um, or just like anything that's close by. That's kind of what I've done. Yeah. 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 So no Because I hate flying with my books. You know, it's a pain. Oh, uh, no, trust me. I know. That's why I never have books. I never have any of my books at these conferences, which is kind of stupid, but... Really, what's the point of me bringing my books to an author conference? What's the point? Honestly? Yeah, I mean, it does depend on what kind of conference. I mean, if you're that's just, true. Uh, yeah, if there's mostly just authors, that's different. If there's well, when I come back to uh, Indie Book Fest, I'll bring, I'll bring books. Because I, I honestly had no idea what to expect with that conference. That was my first time going to that one. And there's a whole, like, author room <laughs> where, they can, where they do, where they bring the readers in. So that's, that's probably not a bad one to attend. Yeah, yeah, yeah you should do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm very lazy about that. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you uh, represent draft to digital excellently though. So thank you. Thank yeah. you. Now, uh, everyone within the sound of my voice, uh, take that sound bite and, uh, and go play it to draft to digital. So there we are. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll know who it was because apparently they all know my name over there. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're, you are legend now. Um, oh, we use Slack. We use uh, we use Slack to communicate, uh, which is uh, I don't know if you're yeah, familiar. Yeah, I use Slack. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so so you know, there's a constant conversation going on. Your name comes up frequently, you know, once oh, a week. Yeah, that's so weird. Okay, when you said that to me, because that makes it sound like I'm like emailing you guys a lot, or you know, on like the business, the author end of things. Okay, for, the record, you for those of you at home listening to this right now, <laughs> <laughs> I do not bug them. I'm not high maintenance. 
And I walked away from you saying that to me at Indie Book Fest, and I was like, damn, <clears throat> I sound like I'm like really high maintenance right now. I swear mm. I'm not. <laughs> but then, but then I thought about it, and I was like, okay, I don't know if you've seen this meme, but it's like my favorite author reader meme on Facebook. It's like Jack, like Jack Sparrow, pirate, all dressed up. You know, he's like uh, wobbly looking, and the guy, the the soldier guy is like, he's like, you, sir, are the worst author I've ever heard of. And then Jack Sparrow was like replying and he's like, so you're saying you've heard of me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's how I felt about you guys. I'm like, so they all know my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made an impression. That's uh, right. And I've decided to accept that because I don't know if I told you, but uh, my one thing that I do end up doing at like every conference I ever go to, it's like a curse. Inevitably, I always have an awkward moment, foot and mouth moment, something with one person every single conference I go to. And it's usually the person that I want to meet the most. So I think uh, I must like hype myself. Well, you, you didn't have any awkward moments with me, so I'll try not to take that personally. <laughs> <laughs> strategy for conferences. Um, there you go. Go go and uh, be as awkward and uh and as you can possibly be. It's my well, trademark. Yeah. It is your trademark. Hey, you know, I'm sorry I didn't get to sit in on your you had like a little final thing uh at Indie Book Fest. Uh and I got to meet your husband. Uh, was, we just drank by the pool. It was, oh is that all that was? Yeah, Mimosas by the pool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah I think I was actually on my way to Nink um the day you guys did that. Oh, yeah, because that was like right after. Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. You guys, I can't do that many conferences. That's great. Well, it's a, it comes in seasons, you know. I mean, yeah. it, and it's all right. Dan goes to probably more than I do, actually. So uh, yeah. it all works out. But we, and they're a lot of fun. And it's a good, it's really, it's very good to, um, to meet all the authors and connect and and I come at it from a slightly different angle than uh, anyone else because I'm an author as well so I, I get to you know I, I connect on a different in a different way so yeah. it's, all been, it's all been good cool. um, so you okay what so what do you got going on right now you're taking a little break right now but you're you're gonna jump back in and you got 50 books you're gonna write in the next month or something oh right? my god it feels like it right I feel like I did that this year uh, no, I don't know. So I did know that next year I want to work on some different stuff. I want to, I want to do, try new genres and, and all of that. So I've got some ideas and basically, um, for the rest of the year, I just kind of decided I'm going to like, I'm going to read because I writing a book a month. One thing that I couldn't do was read and I want to, I need to read what's selling again. I need to find out you know, what's right. popular and kind of do some research that way. So I'm reading, reading is my homework right now, um, which is great. You know, it's the best job ever. So I'm reading a lot and, um, and I'm finishing up a novella that I'm doing for, um, it's a shared world multi-author project and it's super cool. It's called Havenwood Falls and sort of like Gilmore Girls-esque town. Okay. Okay. Filled with supernatural creatures, though. So all right, all right. every author is going to write a different story, like different standalone story in this world. And then um, readers can just, you know, read through, but there's no particular reading order. And there's going to be overlap with different characters. And mm -hmm. it's it's just really cool. And so I get a lot can of my I friends are doing it. I get to do it with my friends. It's can fun. I contribute a, a friends-like uh, 
coffee shops, the supernatural coffee shop story to your team? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're still taking submissions for all kinds of stories. You can write a story in there. So yeah. A friend of mine, Christy, she lives in Orlando. She just, she, she was not at Indie Book Fest, I don't think. But anyway, um, she, she owns a small press and this Mm -hmm. is like her baby, her idea. And so she contacted me a few months back and asked me to write in this world. And so that's coming out in February. So I'm working on that right now. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And then we will see. Who knows? All right. Well, good. It's good to have at least some small plan or something. Yeah, that's all I have (laughs) is a very small plan. Well, this year, this past year, it was like every month I had a release and I had it like, you know, and I had my plan from the beginning of the year. This is what I was doing and everything. And I think every author does that at least once. Every author says, this year I'm going to write a book a month. And then they do that. And then they, then they decide that was fun and that's over. And I'm not doing that again because that was. Yeah, <laughs> that well, was you know what? I found my sweet spot of how I can work well to do that. So I might do that again if I get writing a series and fans yeah. want the next book really fast. I could do it again. Um, but I want to figure out, I want to like play around and pick a new like subgenre and mm-hmm. So that it feels new to me. So I wrapped that series up. So now I feel like my plate is clear. I can explore like some of these new ideas that I have. So I haven't mapped out that schedule for next year. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but I don't know right. yet. So we'll right. see. Yeah. Right, that's cool. All right. So you just sit down and this is, instead of a New Year's resolution, you map out uh, 12 books for the year and decide. Pretty much, yeah. It's are you, are you a plotter? You're a plotter. I am now with the traditional series that I had, uh, working with those editors was amazing. And just, I learned so much. And I, one of the things I learned was, you know, was to plot and to plot well in terms of, you know, that's how I can write a book a month. If I didn't plot, there's no way I could do that. Wow. So, I mean, there's all these arguments about, you know, plotter and panther and everybody wants to be creative and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, I want to be creative too. I leave myself plenty of creative room to make things, certain things up as I go. But the bottom line is like, this is my job. So I also need to be professional and I need to produce. And so that's the best way to do it. That's interesting. All right. Okay. I accept your terms. <laughs> I, uh, I am a diehard and lifelong pantser. I don't know if I would be, uh, I, I, I did a whole thing where I was um, pitching a, a book idea to uh, James Patterson and I had to outline it, plot it, and everything, and it it just killed me. And then it didn't get picked. So I still have that one sitting around. Maybe I'll um, maybe I'll write that book. But so far, it's it's actually proven to be more difficult for me to write that book, and it's fully plotted. Because well, you're trying to stick exactly to your outline. Is that why? Is that what's happening? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's yeah, it. Yeah. So I so when I say I plot, like if the story goes sideways, then I just replot. I just adjust my plot. All I mean by plotting is like, by the time I sit down to write that chapter, I know what needs to happen. So, and I've learned my system. I've learned the way my brain works. Every book, you know, I learned something else. So like, um, like I won't put exactly the whole scene structure. I'll just put, okay, in this scene, she needs to find out that so-and-so was, was really her mother, not this other lady or whatever. Any way I want, when I sit down that day to write that scene, I can have that scene happen. Any, it can be in a bar, it can be in a bathroom, it doesn't matter. But somewhere in that scene, she it's just the beat. This yeah. Lady. yeah. So it's it's like so I can still be creative. I can do whatever I feel in the moment. But as long as that one thing to progress the story happens, I've got it, and that works okay. for me. 
All right. No, that's, I mean, that's, that, that works for a lot of people. I, I, I think, um, I don't know, every now and then I, I kind of get a little itch to try that again and, you know, give it a shot and see if maybe I should be a plotter and uh, I'll try it again. I have I mean, friends I who like you. argue about this, so don't feel bad. I love arguing. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. You know, uh, you know I've interviewed so many people. I interviewed uh, Libby Hawker who wrote Take Off Your Pants, who is all about, you know, everyone Great. thinks they're a pantser until they plot, do a plotting, and do plotting right for the first time, right? And all of a sudden you're a plotter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I tried He's gonna pull it. you we'll into plotting, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Whatever. I can, I can be persuaded. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, set in stone. So, all right. Well, hey, where can people find out more about you? I mean, I, I'm sad to say we're at our time already. Oh, where can man, people find me online? Uh, yeah. Well, you can find me. I have a website, heatherhildenbrand.com. Um, so you can look up my books and read about me and um, subscribe to my newsletter list. My newsletter is where I share the most, like probably real stuff. I don't blog as much anymore, but I'll share a lot in my newsletter about what's really going on. Um, I also have a new, um, <laughs> I have a column in my newsletter now called shit. My husband says, I don't know. Okay. If I don't know if I'm allowed to say if I'm allowed to curse, but I just uh, did. I didn't it's even pre- ask. It's pre-recorded. I'll just edit it out. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll put the word puppies over that. <laughs> puppies. My husband, but I'll do it in my <laughs> voice. I'll say puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, right. so that um, that was like my husband likes to tell dad jokes, and I, uh, I I think I'm making him famous because my readers reply more about that column and his dad jokes that I put in my newsletter than they do about my books anymore. Okay, you've sold me. I'm getting on your list <laughs> for two for two reasons. One is an official. Uh, you know, uh, voice of indie publishing reason. And the other is I just want to know your husband better um, <laughs> because now I want to see how you do it. I, I, I think the art of the newsletter is, is, is the next big wave. Everyone knows they're supposed to have a mailing list. Yeah. Right. Everyone knows that's the key to marketing uh, as an author. Um, I don't think, I don't think most of us know the right way to handle it. And I've got my way, which I think is a little still didn't wrong. Uh, so, and it's not person. I don't think it's as personable as yeah. uh and it's definitely not as regimented a whole other conversation i love talking about this stuff i taught a oh, whole course on this but you're right Did it, you? it, the main the main thing is you just have to be engaging so like um like your social proof on whether your newsletter is good is like how many people reply to it how many yeah. people talk about it to you oh good i get a lot of replies yeah so right. there you go i mean so so you're making people read it and think and reach back out to you so they feel connected most of them are yelling at me but well, see, and most of mine are raving about my husband. So maybe that's yeah. not the only. Maybe, maybe we're doing this all. We're doing this all wrong. We're doing this all wrong. <laughs> Back all to right. the drawing board. All right. But, uh, all right. But yeah, they can find me there, and um, and I'm on Facebook when I'm not supposed to be, which is all the time. So I know I've really curtailed Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I I deleted it from my phone, and so I much better, but it's still. It's it's part of my gig with uh, Draft to Digital, so I can't I can't just duck out altogether, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have definitely <laughs> dialed back, so <laughs> for good or ill. Um, all right, all right. Well, you, uh, everybody listening, you have, you can of course find those links. Everything, um, everything Heather related, really, uh, will be in the show notes of this episode. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to drop it down there as well. So uh, 
uh, have fun with that. Make sure you do get on the newsletter. I'm definitely going to I'm gonna hop in there here in a few seconds and get on there because, and you better look for my name and I better get like a personalized thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll put, my husband on that. I'll put some pressure on you. Yeah. Your yeah. husband and I, we're going to start hanging out because yeah. um, we had our brief moment in the elevator uh, oh, at the hotel. A lovely intro to a story. It was, right it was, that's it. You want to talk shifter romance. It starts right there. Floor three, please. <laughs> all right okay everybody uh you're probably hearing the groovy bridge music right now you may dance in place at will stick around for some news and updates uh all things wordslinger podcast related after this and uh thank you once again for tuning in heather thank you so much for being a part of the show thanks for having me hey i hope you uh i hope you enjoyed that interview with heather now i um I can confirm it was, in fact, Indie Book Fest in Florida, in Orlando, which I'm going to be at again. Uh, if you happen to be in Orlando, it's in August this time. I believe it's August 9th through 12th. Um, I'm going to be there, and uh, I'll be on at least one panel. I need to circle back around uh, with uh, Tadra because she's, she's the one who organizes it. And um, this time, it's actually, there's a much bigger gap between Indie Book Fest and Nink, so I won't be... Uh, it looks like I probably won't be uh, staying in Florida because uh, it's like a month-long gap. <laughs> I guess I could. Maybe I should. Maybe I should just hang out in Orlando. Um, although that would be quite the hotel bill uh, for draft to digital But eh. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so I'm going to hop right into uh, the news items uh, today because we've got, we've got some cool stuff. Uh, first up. Amazon launches Prime Book Box. Now, coming up later in 2018, Amazon will launch Prime Book Box, which is a monthly subscription-based service aimed at kids. Uh, the subscription will run just under 23 bucks a month, and uh, it's going to be centered on the age of the child. Uh, they'll either, or depending on the age of the child, they'll either get four books, four board books, think golden books, uh, or two hardcover picture books or novels. Uh, the board books go to kids who are two, two years old or younger, and the picture books and novels go to ages 3 to 12. Now, this is significant uh, to me. This is significant because it's the first time Amazon has offered any sort of subscription service for physical books. It's just interesting. Uh, and because you'll ask, <laughs> the books are selected by Amazon book editors, uh, and they pick based on the appropriateness for the age ranges. So... They'll avoid duplicates by choosing books that um, are not part of the customer's purchase history. So there is always the possibility of overlap if you've bought your kids a book at the bookstore, uh, Barnes & Noble or Half Price Books or something like that. Um, but if you buy all your books on Amazon, they'll avoid overlap uh, by looking at your purchase history. Now, this is interesting uh, for a few reasons. Uh, which I've already kind of hit on, but you know, this idea that it's a subscription service for physical books is new. We don't typically see this um, in at Amazon, so I'm interested in it uh, from the from the aspect of where does this go from here? Because generally, if Amazon's going to try something like this out, they find their little test market, they play with it. If it works well, they expand it. And I think that that could be the case. Uh, it would be interesting. It, it, basically, this reminds me a little bit of those Book a Month Club um, memberships you could get back in the 80s, which I was I, I always got into. Um, 
Because, you know, they loop you in for like, spend a penny to get three books. And then, uh, you know, every month after that, you owe them like $60. <laughs> so, um, but this would be a little different because you'd pay a monthly flat fee, 23 bucks. That's reasonable. I could see them folding this into uh, part of your Amazon Prime membership, um, possibly, uh, considering they just spiked Amazon Prime to like 120 a month. Um, <clears throat> who knows what's going to happen here. But it's interesting. Uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Go over to uh, wordslingerpodcast.com and uh, hit the contact button and, and let me know. Um, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, you can find this story in the show notes, of course. You can also find it. I'm using bit.ly and I'm creating links for each episode now. So bit.ly slash, and that's bit bit.ly, okay? bit.ly slash 148-amazon. That'll take you to this story directly. Um, the launch of publishing technology partners. And this is for those who are looking to launch and build a business in the publishing space. Publishing Technology Partners is a consulting partnership that brings a lot of industry expertise to the table. And the five founding partners have a pretty impressive array of combined publishing and technology know-how. About 25 years of experience uh, combined. Uh, they're making it available to startups and businesses in need of development, marketing, strategy, and more. It's an interesting emerging business in large because, in large part because it signifies just how legit the, quote, new publishing has become. Uh, if you happen to be developing in this space, it's worth checking these guys out. I am, um, <clears throat> the reason I'm interested in this is, of course, um, we, draft to digital are in this space. I, Kevin Tomlinson, uh, the wordslinger, I am in this space. Um... You got guys like Chris Fox. You got guys like uh, Mark Dawson, uh, Johnny Andrews. You got a lot of guys uh, you you are probably familiar with. Joanna Penn is not a guy, but uh, she is also in this space. So what we've got now is this. Uh, it's kind of like a think tank and a, a consulting firm for the publishing industry. Um, not that that sort of thing doesn't exist already. It's just that this is a new one built of a whole bunch of guys who are uh, pretty savvy and have been around for a while um so interesting thing now if you're looking to uh check into this uh you can check out the bit.ly link of course you can go to the website wordslingerpodcast.com check the show notes of this episode the links are in the show notes wherever you happen to find it you can go to bit.ly slash 148 dash partners and you can go to that story directly <clears throat> i'd be interested to hear what you think about that um as a uh as a tool and resource uh for the indie author community i i I think it. I think it has promise. Um, I, what I like is the sort of uh, validation it brings with it, because this this space is growing. Um, there's more happening all the time. There are more companies popping up all the time. Uh, it's interesting to see that uh, it's getting noticed. You wouldn't see consultancies pop up trying to to uh, help with this sort of thing, unless um, there was money there. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> interesting times. Um, here's a, a familiar name. Uh, Findaway Voices introduces promotional pricing. Audiobook distribution platform Findaway Voices has announced that they now support promotional retail pricing. Authors distributing through the service can now set up promotional pricing through Google Play, Nook Audiobooks, eStories, uh, Libro FM, and InstaRead. Findaway lists some perks to accompany this new, this new resource, and by far my favorite has been the uh, this one, quote, 
Vendors will typically give titles on promotion more favorable coverage and merchandising support, unquote. Uh, if you'd like to save on the $49 admin fee, by the way, you can sign up for Find Away Voices via Draft to Digital. Uh, if you're already a Draft to Digital author, you can basically, when you publish your book, right at the end of the publishing process, there's an option for you to uh, roll right into Find Away Voices. You can do it from your book dashboard in uh, the My Books dashboard in Draft to Digital. Uh, choose your book. Go to the uh, you know there's a little there's a little page. Uh, basically, it's at the end of the, it's like tab five. It's at the end of the <laughs> publishing process, and when you do that, you save the forty nine dollar uh, per book admin fee that that uh, Findaway charges. Uh, you only get that through Draft to Digital, folks. Other uh, ebook aggregating services who just added us on after a year uh, don't offer it. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I give, I give Smashwords a hard time, but I, I do want to, I always kind of come back around cause I, I just sort of appreciate what, uh, Coker and his group have done at, uh, Smashwords or what they created. Um, I joke all the time about our dominance because <laughs> we, we are dominant. Um, we're, yeah, we actually are. We are the number one, uh, ebook aggregator online now. Isn't that cool? Uh, anyway. The whole draft of digital plug there, uh, which I fully intended. But if you want to learn more about this story, uh, promotional pricing is a uh, this is a, a useful tool for authors. It's something that we get asked about a lot. We don't often have any control over it directly because we are an aggregator. I'm talking draft to digital at this point. Find a way, uh, just like us. They've they've made some arrangements with some of their um, retail channels, and they're rolling this out. It's, to, it's basically aimed at select channels. Um, I think it's a, I think it's, it's a winner. I think this is what authors want. They want to be able to control their pricing when they want to, you know, not, yeah, I got I do it now. And six weeks from now, it might be approved or something along those lines. We want to be able to control that when we, when we're running a promotion. So very useful. You can find this story, of course, in the show notes of this episode at wordslingerpodcast.com or anywhere fine podcasts are sold. But you can also check it out at bit.ly slash 148-findaway. Uh, that'll take you directly to this story on the interwebs. So <clears throat> that is it for the news. Um, you know, I hope you're getting a lot out of these segments. I, I, it's interesting because it, since I added this, since I added news... Uh, items to the show and literally i did this because i i wanted something to put at the end of the interviews for uh the video podcast because i didn't it's not the whole youtube thing um it's there it's not as informal as the audio podcast like i can we can talk. I can t- I can just talk to you. Uh, and I don't feel like I get to do that as much in the uh, the video version of the show. Um, so I needed a little hook uh, at the end of the at the end of the interview to to keep people around long enough to hear about sponsors and hear about uh, how to support me and uh, the show and all that. So um, the news items just sort of evolved out of that. But because I did it on the, on the uh, video, I figured, well, I'll do it on audio and it's become a popular segment. So I'm, I'm, there we go. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad people dig it. So if you're enjoying that, let me know. I I would love for you to do that and how you can do that. The best way to let me know uh, what you're liking about the show, what you're getting out of the show is to go on iTunes 
find the Wordslinger podcast. Just type Wordslinger podcast. Um, rate and rank the show. Give me a four or five stars if you don't mind. R- write a little something that says, I love listening to Wordslinger podcast because blank. Um, it, it helps me in this way. It, it provides this benefit. Um, that helps other people find the show and it, you know, it keeps this, this whole game going. <clears throat> I should tell you, I don't really make any money on the show. Um, I do have a Patreon, uh, platform. I don't know what you call that. I got a Patreon thing going where you can throw money my way. Uh, it doesn't make much. I don't promote it that much. Uh, but if you go to wordslingerpodcast.com, there is a, the, uh, Patreon logo there. Um, that is one way that I monetize the show. I also sell, um, a couple of books now on Wordslinger Press, which you can get to. If you go to wordslingerpodcast.com, there's a Wordslinger Press um, icon. A little Got a couple of books on it. It's a little button over in the right-hand side. It's a button. It's a little graphic that is clickable. And that'll take you to the Wordslinger Press where you can uh, purchase books directly from me. <clears throat> um, those two, There are two books on there right now. It's the cheapest place to find them online. You're not going to find them cheaper anywhere else online. So uh, you can find them everywhere, though. They are on uh, all the platforms uh, distributed, of course, through Draft2Digital. Um, but it's the cheapest place to find them, and it, uh, the money comes directly to me, and I keep 100% of the royalties rather than splitting it with Amazon or someone else. So there's that, um, and that's a great way to support the show, and I do appreciate it. You can also, of course... Um, you can visit my sponsor, my primary sponsor, my my love, my true love, <laughs> Draft to Digital. If you go to, to uh, drafttodigital.com slash wordslinger uh, and sign up, but here's what happens. First of all, Draft to Digital will let you convert, publish, and distribute your book worldwide with support the whole way. And if you sign up through my link at drafttodigital.com slash wordslinger, uh, the benefit to me is for a year after you sign up, I get a cut of draft to digitals royalty on any books you sell. You keep all your royalties. You get a 60, I think, uh, basically you pay draft to digital takes a 15% cut of your royalty. Um, all told it's 10% plus the vendors cut. And then, um, out of that 15% or actually out of their 10%, I get 10% of that. So, you don't lose any money. They get some money, and I get some money every time you sell a book. We all make money when you sell. So, um, and I get that for a year. So, if you will uh, go uh, do that, it'll be helping me out, and I appreciate it. And of course, you can support the show just by um, subscribing and sharing. Subscribe on wherever you uh, listen to podcasts, whatever your preference is. Uh, subscribe and uh, you know check in every week. We've got a new episode every week, unless something's going on, like moving or conferences or something like that. <laughs> but mostly every week, and um, and of course, uh, share it with as many people as you can think to share it with. Any anybody really. You listen to the show. If you're an author, you know that there's an author, a strong author current to the show. But you should also know, and I hope this comes through. The show is also built for just anyone who is curious, who uh, wants uh, some motivation and inspiration, who is looking to build a career that they own rather than working for someone else. That's what the show is. It's the story behind everything. 
It's it's all about the story here is the tagline, right? It's a it's it's all about story. So <clears throat> hop in, share this with as many people as you can think of, and uh, and then we'll just we'll all be happy. We'll roll from there. So that is it for this week's Wordslinger podcast. I hope you got a lot out of that. Uh, I am always curious to hear from people, so be sure to hop over to wordslingerpodcast.com and email me from the uh, contact button there. Uh, share anything you like. I am, uh, I've got some great guests coming up, by the way. Uh, let me hop on over. Let me just tell you. I got the, um, I got the line up here. Uh, let's see. I got uh, Michelle Maddow is uh, coming up uh, later on. Uh, I've got uh, Rick Pullen. I've got Scott King. I've got Ben Hale. Uh, I got uh, quite a few folks, and uh, I got some big names on the uh, on the docket for interviews later. You're going to enjoy some folks that you've heard of. <laughs> uh, not that you haven't heard of these folks. They're, these are this is a wonderful group of of authors and friends. Um, I'm always excited to talk to everyone on this list. So, anyway. Stick around. There's some great stuff coming up. You're going to be really impressed. Uh, I can't wait. There's some There's some interviews I've already got in the can that I just cannot wait for you to hear. So, Take care of yourselves out there. God bless each and every one of you. I'm, I'm uh, very thrilled that you're here. Please uh, take care of yourselves. Be happy out there. Be safe. Um, we live in an interesting world and interesting times. Um, you and I, uh, we're, we're on a special mission together, though. So... I can't wait to hear about your success and uh, all the blessings in your life. So, uh, you know, be sure to share those with me. And uh, otherwise, take care of yourselves, and I'll see you all next time. Word slinger.